0: Welcome, everyone, to the very tardy edition of the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, 6 Pat O'Connor. As always, very appreciative that you are here with us on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at 4 Show, at 6 Pat with the number 6, at Rick Redzone, who unfortunately is not here today. We promise Rick will be back next week. But for now, here's a short but sweet one. Once again, thank you for coming in and listening to our very late edition of the 4th Quarter Comeback. I promise, big and exciting things happening behind the scenes here at the show. That's why we're a little bit behind. We do apologize, and we thank you for your patience. First up, big battle between two of my personal 4th Quarter Comeback power-ranked top five teams, New Orleans Saints and the Baltimore Ravens. They had a big showdown last week, and the Saints came out on top with a 24-23 win. The most remarkable part about that is Justin Tucker is the reason for the win at the end of the day. He missed the extra point, his first missed extra point, in 222 straight attempts. Can't really fault a guy like that. He's obviously been very consistent and a big part of the Ravens' winning ways. Over the past few years, one of the best kickers, if not the best kicker in the game for a while now. But you could see the look on his face. He looked like he saw a ghost. He was shocked, as were the rest of us, especially a lot of fantasy owners, I'm sure. New Orleans Saints, they ended up scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter. That was pretty big, actually, with Baltimore's defense being the way that it is. It's such a shutdown defense. I think the Saints were riding high because Drew Brees threw for his 500th touchdown. 500th. Congratulations there. He's only the fourth guy to do that. And he's the third guy to be able to defeat all 32 teams in the NFL. All 32 franchises. Drew Brees has done it. He has beaten them. He's still not moving into my top five as far as all-time quarterbacks. I have a feeling I'm still going to be getting shit on for that for the rest of the season by a lot of the fans out there. That's all right. Bring it on. This big victory over such a great defensive team, and their they're top 10 offense in Baltimore and their number one defense kind of led me to ask the question now, can the Saints beat the Rams? I think the answer has to be yes. The Rams are not unbeatable. They're very good. They're the best team around right now, and they have everything going for them on both sides of the ball. But you see, they can be hurt. Their receiving core has been pretty banged up. Gurley is a beast. He's unstoppable, but he, you know, he's had injuries in the past a long while back, so maybe maybe there's something there. Knock on wood for my fantasy team that he doesn't get hurt. Now they are going to be playing in 2 weeks actually. It's going to be the Saints and the Rams, and that's going to be a big matchup to test the metal of the Saints. If they can possibly steal Home field advantage, which is going to be tough if they can't beat them in two weeks. If they can't beat them in the regular season, then that's going to be much harder to get that home field advantage and bring the Rams down to New Orleans. I feel like with Breeze firing on all cylinders, you got Michael Thomas, who to me is one of the most fantasy-relevant and in-game, real-life-relevant receivers out there today in the NFL. You have the two-headed monster in Kamara and Ingram. They are just as good a backfield as the Rams have. I love Gurley. He's clearly the best back. But when you have two top backs like New Orleans has, that's great depth and that's versatility. You can be cycling them out every other play, and they have the fresh legs. Also, to help out uh, New Orleans here, the Rams are going to be on one hell of a little death trip here going forward in the next four weeks The Rams are going to have to play the Packers. They're going to play the Saints. They're going to play the Seahawks. And they're going to play the Chiefs. So that's a huge four-game swing. Those are four of the, well, three of the best teams in the league. And one in the Seahawks, who's not so great, but they're coming out a little bit. And they definitely play the Rams strong. You saw it took that fourth-and-one QB sneak by Jared Goff. They went for it and stole that victory away from Seattle. So... Seattle's going to play them tough. Can the Rams get past that four-game stretch unscathed? I don't think so. I think they're going to drop a game or two. They're still my favorites. But look for the Saints to be one of the teams that might just take down the Rams. And if they take them down in the regular season, I think you have to put the Saints back up there as potential NFC favorites. Now going from something to look forward to in the coming weeks to something to look forward to in the coming months, perhaps. And that's for all my friends out there in Raider Nation, the Giants fans, the Cardinals fans. It's draft time, baby. Everybody's looking forward to April and March for free agency because we have trades. And what we're going to be looking forward to is Tuesday. Tuesday, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. We are going to see... The trade deadline come and go, and I feel like it's going to be a very, very active one. Already this past week since we last talked, some pretty big deals went down. Let me go down my list real quick. We have Snacks Harrison went from the Giants to Detroit for a fifth. Eli Apple going to the Saints, shoring up that Saints secondary a little bit for only a fourth round pick. We have Carlos Hyde went to the Jags, a little bit of Fournette insurance, because God knows when his hamstring's going to be healthy, if ever. Hyde went there for a fifth. And Amari Cooper on his way to Big D with the star on his helmet, America's team buying Amari Cooper and a number one receiver for their team for a first-round pick. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's much appreciated from the Raider Nation. That leaves Oakland and John Gruden with three first-round picks in the upcoming 2019 NFL Draft. Will they fuck it up? Who knows? Very possibly. But if they can at least get one right, preferably Bosa at the very top of the draft, then we're doing okay. Not great, but okay. Fighting to be optimistic, if it's not clear. Giants taking a different path. Giants deciding that now, after they've drafted a running back, instead of a quarterback, they've decided, hey, well, you know what, we're going to crash and burn and we we thought we were going to win now, but now we're rebuilding. So the, Gettleman, the Giants, they don't seem to know what the fuck they're doing. They're shipping off these defensive assets for picks that really aren't worth the player. I mean, fourth and fifth rounders, they should be trying to get seconds and thirds and Get get some better ammunition in there if they're going to try to do a rebuild. And let's be honest, Giants fans, you're in a rebuild. Like You need to face the facts. You're nowhere up there. You're nowhere even close. Eli's done. So what are you going to do for a quarterback? It's not Kyle Letta or anybody else. I don't see Kaepernick coming in off the street. Even if you traded for someone like RG3 or ryan Tannehill or some shit like that but that's not gonna go very far that's just a band-aid on a gunshot wound so giants you need to do your best to move some pieces i would have moved along i would have moved away from odell a while ago you could have picked up at least a first and say a third maybe even two firsts who knows but you could have gotten some really good value for odell But taking a running back in this past draft instead of Darnold or Rosen or Allen or any of the quarterbacks that were out there, knowing that this crop of quarterbacks coming out in this draft were weak, was just such a dumb move. Because we know the running back position is a finite amount of snaps. You're going to beat that position up, and they only have so many good years. Especially behind that shitty offensive line. You have an old quarterback, a shitty offensive line, an overpaid defense, You really should have gone for a quarterback instead of hyping up this running back and building around them. Now, has it worked before? Yeah, they drafted Gurley in L.A. Look what happened there. They filled the pieces in. But you're going to have to get to work fast if that's what you want to do in New York. So, New York, get your shit together. Gruden, we hope you have your shit together because you are making huge moves, and I love them. The value you're getting back for the players that you're shipping out is tremendous. Do not fuck up on these picks. Don't do it, because once you start losing the picks, and if you've already lost the locker room, you lose the fan base, and you might as well just get the hell out of town on your $80 billion golden parachute or whatever you signed up for. Tell Jason Witten to hit the road. Take your Monday Night Football job back, because if you can't hit on these picks that you're acquiring, Raider Nation will not have any more love for you. Now this week, we're going to look forward and see any more trades going through. I don't know. I could see some big potential trades going through. I think guys like Janoris Jenkins, he's definitely going to get moved. Like we said, the Giants and the Raiders, both still making moves. Conley, I don't think Gary and Conley's getting shipped out just yet. I feel like they want to see if they have that first-round talent that they drafted But Janoris Jenkins is pretty much as good as gone. I think the Giants are finally just trying to hold out and see what they can actually get, a big premium for him now. Some guys they wouldn't expect to move, though, are Patrick Peterson. As much as he was making a lot of noise about moving, I believe once Eli Apple got moved to New Orleans, which is where Peterson was preferring to go, he pretty much backed off and said, listen, I'll just stick around in Arizona I believe in the path. I think we all know that he doesn't believe in shit there. He just believes in he's collecting a good paycheck and he's not going to stir the pot and make himself look like an asshole on the way out the door. They'll probably move him in the offseason at some point. The problem was the Saints didn't have the draft picks to give up to acquire him. So without the ammunition, they just couldn't pull the trigger. They just dropped a lesser pick and picked up Apple. So I don't see Patrick Peterson moving, and I don't see Le'Veon Bell moving. He's not going to show up until afterwards. That much is clear. I don't think Pittsburgh really wants to move him right now. They're just going to beat him up. Do I find that to be an idiotic move? Yeah, you know he's out the door. Why aren't you getting at least a third or fourth, whatever, anything? Get something back for him. There's no reason to not get a return on Le'Veon Bell right now. I think they're just looking at it, hoping that with Bell back, they can push him and use as much as they possibly can from him, reserve Connor a little bit, and push themselves to maybe one more Super Bowl run. I don't know if it's really possible, but Pittsburgh, they're dreamers, they're optimists. Gotta give them credit for that. They're always in the race. Like I said earlier, I do see the Giants maybe adding another quarterback, maybe somebody like RG3. I think it's a little early for Miami to move on from Tannehill, but Osweiler, why not? Just roll with him, and maybe they want to ship out Tannehill. I don't know, but the Giants, they should be adding a quarterback before the deadline just as a little bit of insurance. Sometimes you got to be the bad guy and tell Eli and his doofy-ass face, listen, we appreciate everything you did for us. You got us over the Patriots twice. We helped you look better to your brother. You can go to Thanksgiving every year and say, hey, Cooper, look at me, I got two rings, and you can be a winner. But time to hit the road. You suck now. I see the Raiders moving at least two to three more players. I don't think it's going to be their biggest guys. A lot of people keep bringing up Derek Carr. I don't. Derek Carr's not going anywhere at least not for a little while. I do see Carl Joseph definitely out the door. I see guys like Cook and Conley potentially have the chance if someone reaches out and gives Gruden the best offer that he can want. Then yeah, he'll move any, He'll move anybody. Who are we kidding? He'll move anyone if he gets the right offer. Problem is, in four years, five years, Johnny got to pay these guys too, you know? So, But I don't think I have as big a problem because they're his guys. I think he wants to get past that stigma of he won a Super Bowl with Tony Dungy's players. He wants to win one with his players so he can shut everybody up. I do like, uh, I do like Devontae Parker. He really boosted his stock on Thursday night against Houston, and he looked really good. So I feel like... NFC East, Washington, Eagles, they were in it for Amari Cooper. The Eagles really pushed that and offered a second rounder. That's what pushed Dallas to give the first. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles or Washington jump in on Devontae Parker make a really legit offer. After what we saw he did on Thursday, I feel like he might have driven up his stock just enough where Miami's going to get a decent return, maybe like a third rounder or something like that. Of course, now it ends up making uh, Belichick look like the greatest genius of all fucking time yet again because he got Josh Gordon for the fifth. So if everybody's overpaying for Cooper and Parker and these other receivers and Josh Gordon's the best of the bunch, well, I guess that's just how things go. Fuck you, New England. I would say my biggest prediction on Tuesday is going to be the Eagles The Eagles, they're not going to be satisfied with losing out on Cooper and Dallas making the big move. The Eagles, Howie Roseman, he loves to get stuff done. The Eagles are going to make some big moves, I believe, for the trade deadline. Look for them to add another cornerback, another wide receiver, and I got to think, I I think they're going to go get McCoy. As much as that rumor kind of died down, I feel like the Eagles are going to say we need a real running back back here. And they're going to go make a move for LaShawn McCoy. Take him out of Buffalo. Let him finish up his career right back where he was in Philly. And that will be a strong offense and a strong move. And that should jump Philly back up. Obviously, I chose the Cowboys to win the NFC East, by the way. But I'm obviously now, as a Raider fan, cheering very heartily against them. Because that draft pick is ours. So... Hopefully, Eagles make a big move, jump ahead of the Cowboys, but Cowboys still are my pick. All right, next up, we have our fourth quarter comeback fantasy buy and sell of the week. Our first buy is going to be Jalen Richard, Oakland Raider, running back. Marshawn Lynch, unfortunately, went down with his groin injury, and he is going to be on the IR for at least another eight weeks. Hopefully that is not it for him finishing up his career. I hope he gets to have at least another game or two to close it out in Oakland. But he is done for a while. Doug Martin's going to get a lot of the carries early on, and Gruden seems to believe in him, but who the hell knows why. So I like Jalen Richard. He's already gotten some decent looks with all of Carr's checkdowns. He's coming out of the backfield. He's definitely the receiving and speed back in Oakland, I like Rashard. He's actually more of a bruiser than you think he is, so I like him to end up impressing Gruden and the coaching staff. He's going to get more and more carries. He's already going to get the catches, especially in a PPR league. I like Jalen Rashard. Buy him if he's still out there. I also say, what the hell? Might as well buy on Cooper if you can buy him low. Buy Amari. might break out in Dallas if you have room. And he could be your wide receiver, too, or something like that. Or you just have a bench spot and you want to buy, take a chance on somebody. Go for Amari. You know, the Raiders fans, they're selling low right now. A lot of Raider fans are the ones that own Amari. And they were just kind of stashing him. They are holding on to him, holding out hope, going for that every three-week rule that he's going to get 10 catches and 150 yards. And then he's going to suck for the rest of the next two weeks. Raider fans will be selling low. So... If you want to take a chance, go for him. He might break out with that running attack in Dallas. Dak might connect with him early on. And he gets a bye week to get accustomed to the offense. I will say this is your last chance to buy Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette, both guys coming in off of their different situations. Fournette finally maybe coming back from a hamstring in a week or two. Bell, God knows what the hell's going on there, but he should be back by a week or two as well. So you have a very limited window, especially if your trade deadline is coming up in your league this week. You've got to make a move, impress their owners, and buy Bell and Fournette. Don't overpay, but if you're a playoff team, can you imagine having Bell or Fournette as your running back to, or flex if you can pull it off that way? So do your best without giving away your team to get Bell Fournette. Next up, we have our sells. My big sells of the week are Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, he had a big week against Buffalo, but it's, it's Buffalo. Yes, he's going to play Oakland this week, so you're going to be able to stretch it out a little bit more, but by this week or next week, you need to sell Marlon Mack because he's going to put up big numbers from Buffalo. He should put up big numbers against Oakland, but then he has some tough matchups after the bye week. So Marlon Mack, he's not going to be what he looked like this past week the rest of the way through. So sell high on Mack. Also, i got to say sell on uh, Odell. Sell Odell now. Sell him that the Giants are going to have a a big passing attack going forward because they're trading their defense away, and they're going to have to do everything they can to stay in the games even though really they are they're actually staying in the games pretty closely they're losing a lot more close games than they're than they're losing by a large margin he's had he had a good week last week and every other week he's having a good week but it's too inconsistent for a top level top tier pick wide receiver one he's just not connecting with Eli you saw in that rollout on the fourth down he missed him he didn't even go for him You saw in the two-point conversion, he's putting the ball behind Odell. Odell couldn't snag it. They're just missing. They're not on the same page anymore. They're barely even in the same book. You gotta sell on Odell. Don't give him away for cheap, but if you can get good return, oh boy, that could be their championship-winning move, shipping him out and bringing in some really good talent for your playoff run. And just a little aside, just remember, you're not quite out of it yet. So, a little fantasy advice I've told you before. Don't be scared to trade. Don't be scared to make moves. Listen, guys. If you're in last place, you're not necessarily out of it mathematically yet. But it's going to take a winning streak. A hell of a winning streak. So, blow it up. Blow up your team. Stop being so protective of your players. You suck. Okay? I'm talking to you right now. You suck. This year, you did terribly. Whoever you think you have that is worth value... Stop overvaluing them on your roster and try to trade them for other players. Get better depth. Try to trade a couple of players for one big superstar. Do whatever the hell you have to do. Blow up your team. You're not good right now. Don't just give up on the season, though. Try to make something happen. Too many people give up way too soon. So that's my advice to you. Don't give up. Keep your chin up. Look forward. Make a move. Press the send button. Click accept. Don't veto the trades. And make big Moves, you're not out of it yet. Your name could be on the trophy, ring, whatever the hell you people do to celebrate your winning your fantasy football leagues. So go ahead, follow the fourth quarter comebacks, fantasy football advice, and with them, win your league. All right, and with that, we are here at the end to our fourth quarter comeback power rankings of the week. Last week in this spot, I believe at a number five, we had the Ravens. And fortunately for the Ravens, they ran into Drew Brees and Justin Tucker missed extra point. So we're going to have to bump them out, even though they still deserve to be up there. And they are in the honorable mention section. We're going to go with the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers at five and two, even with Melvin Gordon out, they still won the game. Even with their best player they're still impressing. They're missing Gordon last week. They're missing Bosuk for quite a while and they are still winning. I really like the Chargers chances this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they leapfrog Kansas City and actually win the AFC West. So if the road to The AFC Championship has to run through LA. The Chargers have just as good a chance as any to get to the Super Bowl. From the West Coast, we go all the way over to the East Coast to the New England Patriots. New England Patriots are at 5-2, and and they're my number four team. They're pretty consistent, staying where they are. I like the offense. The defense, not really impressing me over the top, but they're not doing anything to discourage me either. They're keeping their team in it. They're playing pretty well. Belichick's always going to have them coached up. But the way the offense is moving, even with Gronk missing time, which we all know is inevitability, he's basically a big bucket of bolts, as my brother once told me, and he is stumbling down the field and is just making a big distraction. If he can just run down the field, take the safety's attention, that's going to leave Edelman clear underneath or Josh Gordon clear way down the field. I feel like Josh Gordon is going to start picking up a bunch of touchdowns, and Brady is going to get that offense running. One big hitch, though, Sony Michel got hurt. Apparently, it's not as bad as people feared initially, so he should be back sooner rather than later, but it is something to keep an eye on. So, White, Michel, let's get those guys back in the field together, and the New England offense might be pretty unstoppable, as a lot of offenses in the league are this year. And number three... We still have the New Orleans Saints. They did get by the Ravens, but it just wasn't enough to get them pushed up to that number two spot. I just couldn't do it. Not yet, not this week. Saints at 5-1. They're fourth in points. They're adding to their defense with guys like Eli Apple in the secondary, so it's showing that they're improving. Drew Brees is just ready. He clearly wants another Super Bowl To pad his resume, he wants to do it for New Orleans, for himself, for his legacy, for his family. So Drew Brees, the Saints, Sean Payton doesn't get enough credit as an offensive mind. The Saints, I like them a lot, and they could jump all the way up to number one in a couple of weeks. But right now, I have them stuck at number three. And that's because the same two teams are up top at number one and number two. Did they switch roles? Of course they didn't. It's the Chiefs at number 2, 6-1. and one. They're plus 78. They're scoring 260 points. Pat Mahomes still has that offense running. And Kareem Hunt, as I predicted weeks ago, it's starting to go in his direction. He's really starting to produce. Kareem Hunt is going to be the workhorse that actually carries the Chiefs offense down the field, down the season, to the AFC Championship. And of course at number 1, The Rams, L.A., 7-0, a plus 107 point differential. That's how good their defense is and how good their offense is. And that's with Cooper Cup being out and the rest of the receivers kind of banged up a little bit. Plus 107. They're scoring that many more points than they're allowed. So the Rams, there's really nothing else you have to say about that. They're just killing it so far this year. But as I said, they do have a very tough schedule coming up. They play the Packers this week. You know damn well that Aaron Rodgers, you gotta love Aaron Rodgers. You know he's always good for a fourth quarter comeback. So the Rams, they have to make sure they blow them out and they don't give them a chance to come back. They have the Saints, Seahawks play them tough, the Chiefs. This is all going to start getting jumbled up as these top-tier teams start playing each other. They're going to start eating themselves from within, and we're going to see the cream rise to the top. But for now, the top, the best of the best, still Sean McVay's L.A. Rams. And we look forward to seeing how they do this week. And with that, that is our show. Once again, thank you for bearing with us on a very late week We really hope that you enjoyed the show. You can find us once again on social media. We are on Facebook at the 4th Quarter Comeback page. You can find us at 4QC Show on Twitter. You can also follow me at 6 with the number 6 and at RickRedZone. Stay tuned. Make sure you're paying attention on Twitter for Rick's picks. He's been doing pretty damn well, especially with the Monday night games. So make sure you're staying with Rick, following his picks, and making a lot of money with him. Enjoy the games, everyone. Sunday and Monday. Enjoy yourselves. And until next time, here is our parting shot. Booger McFarlane and his dumbass TV chair are the worst thing to happen to Monday Night Football ever. And yes, that includes Dennis Miller. Fuck you, Booger. Good night.